So as a priest, I've gotten to know all sorts of different people from all sorts of different walks of life. <coughs> and, and because I suppose our community is missionaries, well, you get to know people in different countries. And it's very interesting when you meet people who would be considered rich and living the kind of lifestyle, or at least appearing to have the kind of lifestyle that, we would, that many would aspire to have, you know? The lives of the rich and famous, there's always been a kind of a fascination about the lives of the rich and the famous, you know, Hello Magazine, if it's still running, uh, and all that kind of thing. You know, what are the rich people doing? What kind of houses do they have? What kind of cars do they have? Um, you know, the, their lives are just like, there's the, the kind of idol worship out there at the moment of it. Uh, what's very interesting when you look at the lives in the, of the rich and the famous, or if you know people who are wealthy, uh, is that behind it all, they're completely ordinary, right? So one particular person I know started his own company, uh, multi-millionaire, sold off the company, uh, and has, I don't know how much money, but lots, much more than me. And um, so what do you, like, I mean, he's, he was, he's smart, but he's, he's, he's nowhere near retirement age. So what does he do? Um, so he got into the horse industry, you know, which is, it's, it's a very expensive industry to get into. Uh, so, but now he, you know, travels around and goes to the various studs and races and things. And it's just interesting to see that it's not that once we get a certain amount of money, we're happy and can kind of stop, right? Or once we get a certain amount of success, that that, that somehow fulfills us and we can now say, well, that's, that's my life complete. It's just... It's just interesting and it's a very good lesson for us all to look at the lives of, of, of these people even the recent Meghan Harry interview thing which I didn't watch but apparently everyone's talking about it um, so again fairly rich people one would appear it would appear that, that their lives are kind of made she's effectively a princess and they have houses all around the globe and um, and yet there they are kind of well especially Meghan complaining about different things you know being left out or excluded or not wanted in the family whatever it was so it's just interesting to see like that, that once you achieve greatness in the eyes of the world, within your own heart, you're not finished. Within your own heart, you're still unsatisfied. Within yourself, there's something missing. And no matter who you are, or how much you have, or what you've achieved, there's always, always, always something missing. I mean, even we can look into the lives of the the rich and the famous that ended up in great tragedy. We don't, I won't go into it all, but you mean your, your Elvises and Marilyn Monroe's and so on and so forth, even like these, your James Deans and things, these famous people from back, the, they're pretty old, okay? They're, ask your grandparents, okay? Um, but like rich, famous, known the, the, the world over, but empty. So in our reading and gospel today, the, 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 there's this theme of, of water. So the people, the, Israelites are in the desert after being freed from slavery in Egypt and they're thirsty and they're complaining. And Moses hits the rock from whence comes forth uh, a stream that they can all satisfy their thirst from. In the rather long gospel, this is an optional gospel for the day by the way, so if you were following at home, this wouldn't have been the gospel of the day, but it's an optional reading that you can put in at some point during the week because, long story, this would ordinarily be read on a Sunday. Okay, so Samaritan woman. And Jesus meets this woman at about midday, sixth hour. So it had been, been pretty hot. And he sits down and he asks her for a drink. And this is, it's a very interesting conversation because it's so symbolic. We, we understand the symbolism. 
she didn't at the time until Jesus clarifies it all. So she says, what, you a Jew asking me a Samaritan for a drink? Again, there's a lot of history here and kind of bad blood between the Jews down in Judah who worshipped in Jerusalem and the Samaritans who uh, had built their own temple. So they had kind of split away from uh, Jewish orthodoxy. So Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Uh, John adds this little detail for us. And then Jesus says to her, if you only knew what God is offering you and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have been the one to ask. And he would have given you living water. Now you can imagine, there's no way she could have understood what he's talking about. It's midday, they're thirsty, they're sitting at a well. And he asks for a drink and she, she says, if you knew who I was, you'd have been asking me for a drink. But, you know, you're the guest here. You've no bucket. Huh? <laughs> how, how does that work? So, obviously, he's speaking about something very, very different. Whoever drinks this water will get thirsty again. But anyone who drinks the water that I shall give will never be thirsty again. This water shall, the, the water that I shall give, shall turn into a spring inside him, welling up to eternal life. Lord, could you give me some of that water so I don't have to come back to this well anymore? Because these buckets are seriously heavy, and it's, it's quite a trek down to the village. Um, so, you know, that, that, that would be great, okay? So, you can see, like, you can see she's thinking practically, understandably. They're sitting at a well, right? So, it's all very kind of practical. So, she asks for, for that kind of water. And then Jesus completely changes the subject. Go and get your husband. Okay, you know, <laughs> throws a, a, a curveball. Sorry, what? We're talking about water there. I want, we're, hang, can we go back to the, the, the spring welling up for eternal life? Because that was, that was kind of important to me there. Go and get your husband. I have no husband. You're right to say you've no husband. Because although you've had five, the one you're presently with is not actually your husband. You spoke the truth there. Okay, I see you are a prophet, sir. So what's going on here? Hold on. They were talking about like, water welling up for eternal life. And now we're talking about husbands or, and infidelity and, and all of that. What is going on? I see you are a prophet, sir, says the woman. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, while you say that, in, that, that Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Okay, Jesus said, believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. The worship, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation comes from the Jews. Okay, so, Jesus promises her this spring that wells up to eternal life. She says, can I have that water? And then he brings about something in her life that needs to change. So what are we talking about here? It's, it's a very overused quotation, but it is a good one from, from St. Augustine. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. You have made us for yourself. We haven't been made for anything else. Right? God has made us for him. So if we try to fill our lives with pleasure, success, money, notoriety, Fame, whatever it is, we will not be complete, ever, ever. Nothing satisfies the human heart except God. Nothing satisfies the human heart except God. So no matter what you put there, it's interesting, even like you look at, look at your, your Conor McGregor, like, you know, earns a load of money, retires, but then keeps coming out of retirement, right? Even though he's made his money like, but it's, it's not about the money anymore. It's, it's, he, that's, that, that, that's taken care of. He's good for the rest of his life as regards money. But does this, he still wants to do something, still wants a name, still wants to kind of make a difference, you know? So he comes back out of retirement to defend his title. Uh, so like, no matter what we do or what we've achieved, nothing will satisfy the human heart except God, okay? But in order for, for that to be possible, in order for this well to be able to spring 
up within us. All right, this, this, this wellspring of, of love of God, because that's what, what, what does, the only thing that can ultimately satisfy the human heart is God. So this, this presence of God welling up within us. In order for that to be possible, we have to prune off the things or change the things in our lives that get in the way. Right? So she's talking about water and then he diverts the, the conversation to the fact that she's living in an irregular relationship. Right? Although you've had five, the one you're with now is not your husband. So if we get that sorted, right, then this, the possibility of this well springing up within you is, 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 is much greater. We can give you this grace as such. You know, it's, it's, it's a similar situation for us. You know, we want, we want to live uh, a life with the Lord, but in order to do so, we've got to cut out sin. We've got, and then if there's mortal sin there, then we really have to cut that out because we're cutting ourselves off from grace. Right, so, but there is, like, the, the Lord isn't condemning her. He's saying, this is the path, right? And it's, it's amazing that, that Jesus then reveals to her very clearly, I think clearer than to anyone else, who he is. The woman said, I know that the Messiah, the Christ, is coming. And that when he comes, he will tell us everything. And Jesus says, I who am speaking to you, I am he. I am he. Like elsewhere he says, it is you who say it and things like that. But here he says, I am he. I am the Messiah. Like, it's, you know, he doesn't say it in, in, in such, kind of, with such clarity to, to, to many people. But to this lady at the a Samaritan, at a well, he reveals his identity. So, quick summary. Our hearts have been created for God and nothing else will satisfy them. In order for that to be, to be realized in our lives, we've got to cut out what gets in the way, what blocks the Lord's grace. When those things are cut out of the way, when, when our hearts are purified, when those obstacles are removed, then this presence of God within us through a sacramental life, especially obviously through the reception of Holy Communion where Jesus is actually physically present in us, this thing can begin to well up and give, give a life and a satisfaction and a joy and a meaning and a purpose to our lives that nothing else can give. And that wells up for what? Eternal life. It wells up in us for, for heaven. Our hearts then begin to long for heaven. I just don't really care how much money I have in the bank. It makes absolutely no difference to me. I don't care if I have a T-zone. I think I have, no, we have one anyway. Uh, I don't care if my eyebrows are as they're HD. That's the word I was looking for. I don't care if I have HD eyebrows or my fingernails are perfect. It just doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me how many trophies, belts, medals uh, I've got hanging on the wall. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Right? Because you, you, your heart longs for something more, for something deeper. Your heart longs for heaven. So well, the spring wells up in you for eternal life. And then we die, and we go there. It's, 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 an, amazing, it's an amazing gospel. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful teaching of the Lord. Okay, there's more to it, but that's enough for today. Uh, we thank the Lord for his mercy, for seeking us out for coming to us, for meeting us where we're at, at our well, at our computer, at our, even, even in our sin, the Lord meets us there. And while, yes, he has uh, great love and compassion, he also calls us to more. He calls us to conversion. He calls us to peace.
But why? Just to make us, just to belittle us? Absolutely not. To purify us and sanctify us so that we can be in heaven with him for all eternity where all of our deepest longings and desires are satisfied. That's what he wants to give us. This water that wells up for eternal life. So today, may we walk that path. May we recognize, Lord, what you're calling us to, what you're recognizing, what you're calling us to cut out, what you're calling us to embrace, that we might experience that peace and joy that only you can give. Amen.